Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. Ooh, great. <laughs> I've heard that before. All right. We are live. This is Wicked Spursy, season one, episode 17. This is the day of the final match of the 38 game Premier League season. So I'm joined today by Steve and Mike. I do want to let you know that we have a. Uh, the potential for a very special guest next week, but I'm just going to leave you hanging on that and uh, force you to join us and find out what that's all about when the time comes. But Steve, let's go to you. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well today. Can't complain. You know, the weather's been beautiful, a little hot, but, uh, you know, I'll take it. It's finally looking like, uh, you know, we can get out and do some grilling and, and all that. Great weather. Perfect. Speaking of weather, let's hear from Mike. Mike went on a little uh, bit of a fishing expedition this weekend. Mike, we'd like to hear about your weekend. Yeah, I'm sure you would. Um, so, yeah, we went out. Um, me and my buddies went out over uh, across the lake in New York and uh, into the Great Chazy River. And uh, I'm not an experienced uh, kayaker, if that's what you want to call it. Um, I'm an experienced fisherman, but not a good kayaker. Um so I bought this brand new kayak and I figured, yeah, no, it won't be a problem. It's 31 inches wide. Shouldn't tip that easily. And, uh, you know, I got in sure enough, I was fishing right along. We were up then up and down the river and, uh, decided to go across the river, um, to where the docks are to see if there are any fish under there. They weren't biting. So <laughs> I don't even know what happened. I was just sitting there and before I knew it, I was in the water. Um, my buddy uh, had previously said that it wasn't that these kayaks were super, super hard to tip. It's a sit on top fishing kayak. Um, somehow I did it though. Uh, I lost my glasses, my cell phone, which were, I thought secured in, in the dry lock area in my center console. <laughs> of course, when I flipped the kayak back over center console was wide open, no phone, no glasses. So right now I'm wearing a, P a pair of Amer emergency reading glasses uh, getting me through. So that's good. And, uh, I have, a uh, essentially a, a burner phone. <laughs> very, very classy. We're, we're glad but, that you made it out alive, but Spurs won today. And, uh, you know, without dwelling on the consequences of our season, I'm going to say that I am happy about that. All right. So let's talk about how we're feeling about that. And, uh, I wanted to to just share a little bit as, as that match was playing out going into today, I was, I was of the mindset of, um, Hey, a, a win things finish reasonably well for us, depending on what happens with other, other games. And as the match unfolded, I found myself getting more and more sour on the potential outcome, um, had started to resign myself to finishing eighth or ninth, uh, had started to resign myself to Arsenal being above Spurs, had started to resign myself to, I can't believe Liverpool made it back into the top four. And, you know, what, what's, what's this all look like? But then convincing myself that, hey, this is, this is a good thing. Next year, we won't need to deal with all the midweek travel to Kazakhstan and, you know, um, Bulgaria and all the different places that you play when you're on the, on the Carnival Europa circuit. And then things started to take a turn toward the end. And I found myself honestly a little bit confused because I had already wrapped my head around where I thought today's match was going. And then in the end, we had a, uh, a great result that, uh, that translated to a few different things. So, so Mike, let's go back to you. Um, you said you're feeling great. What are you feeling great about? And what are you, what are you thinking about right now? 
Hey, look, you know, no matter where, no matter where you are, I think in the, in the end scheme of things, um, you know, you're going to celebrate a win, you know, whether you're Sheffield United or whatever, um, Sheffield United had a nice win today, you know, to end their season, uh, their miserable se- season. And I'm sure they were, they were super happy to win too. So, you know what, why not? I think we put in a pretty reasonably good, a good performance today, you know, um, outside of Dave Sanchez, who I still is figures out how to get himself into positions where he's chasing the ball versus, versus, versus defending it versus being in front of it, defending it. And whether or not that was actually a penalty today, well, he was caught out of position again. And that's the reason that they call the penalty. Vardy got in front of him and he couldn't recover from it. And Vardy pulled a little acting job off as he likes to do. And uh, he got himself a couple of nice penalty goals today. But uh, I think overall Spurs were Spurs were pretty good, man. Nicky Winks, uh, who likes to call likes to call his uh, his brother man Harry Winks uh, <laughs> the lockdown centerpiece of uh, of Tottenham football. Uh, he actually had a pretty good game today, man. I, I, I usually dismiss Nicky. Uh, he had a good game, and I think uh, for what it's worth, Darty had a really good game out there. Um, Delhi continues to improve, um, and Lester was just too wiped out to deal with both Gareth Bale and Lucas Mora on the field at the end of the game. Not that Lucas was amazing, but when you got guys who can push the ball forward like that, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to perform. Lucas was definitely Lucas today, right? He he brought pace. He he flew all over the field. Turned and the ball he dribbled over, right into another man. Dribbled right into other guys. I, I do need <laughs> to say regarding Winks, um, while I didn't think he was stellar, I did thought, think his challenge, which was, Labeled by the announcers as a cynical challenge, a little bit of English there for you. Um, that was his. That was his best play of the day because that truly would have been an ugly uh, breakaway opportunity for Leicester and could have been a different result. So it was the easiest yellow card called in the history of soccer. No question, <laughs> easy decision for everybody all around. Yeah, you yeah. got it, Steve. How about you? What what's uh, what were you thinking through the course of the match? And then where's where's your head right now? You know, um, it's it's funny. I was. Uh, you guys know, ever hear that Jim Gaffigan skit where he's talking about bowling and how serious people take it right up until you get that first gutter ball? It's kind of like the same feeling. I'm sitting there like, all right, let's get this going. This is going to be a great game. And then we can see that first penalty. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is a stupid sport. It's, yeah, it was a, a roller coaster for sure. Up and down, up and down. I mean, we looked pretty good at times going forward, but man, our defense is just shambolic. Like I was just abysmally poor across the board. Um, you know, credit where it's due. Darty wasn't complete garbage, um, which is kind of saying a lot for me, to be honest. Like I, I got a lump in my throat just thinking about, you know, not throwing him under the bus for once, but uh, at least the world is right. And Devinson Sanchez was the individual to, put us behind for the second time. And although to be fair, that was a complete dive by Vardy, absolute nonsense that that was called. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it just reinforces what I think we, what we've all known this whole time. Our, our offense is fine. It's just that our defense is so bad that it doesn't really enable us to, to do much And our midfields. You know, the transition could be better. So yeah, we got the win. Yeah. It was a, a, 
pretty decent win, uh, uh, really exciting, especially at the end there. Um, but it also kind of shows that we have some serious business to do this summer if we want to <laughs> to really go anywhere, um, you know, for the next season and, and to follow. Because, you know, we came so close to having this, you know, billion-dollar stadium and really nothing to show for it. And, you know, even though the Europa Conference League is not <laughs> much to show for it, you know, it's still better than uh, – I'm, I'm not even going to say it's better than nothing because, honestly, like, looking at some of these teams that are going to be competing in it, eh, uh, maybe it's <laughs> it would have been better off that we just missed out on this. But at the same time, I would much rather – play in this Mickey Mouse cup, then have Arsenal finish above us. So it's bittersweet in that way, I guess. Yeah. If we were to, if we were to label today's outcome, uh, I think the three of us agree that the conference league is not the most ideal thing in the world, but finishing above Arsenal um, again, uh, undefeated since 2016. And that, and that stretch, uh, that is a very nice thing. North London, Lily white, once again, so that's fantastic. Absolutely. I, you know, we're, we're talking about the business to be done this summer and we, we've just had some conversations throughout the week with each other about that. So let's, let's throw one thing out, Steve, I'm curious, Levy, you know, the whole Enoch out, Levy out, uh, that sentiment. Um, what, what's your impression on what you truly think happens as it relates to the ownership and, and the work that's had? I mean, I don't think they're doing anything. Um, you know, they're not in a position if, if, you got to remember Levy, Enoch, they all look at this mostly as a business, right? And they are not currently in a position where their business is valued high enough to warrant selling. So they're not going anywhere. Um, that said, I think Levy's in a, a, a awkward position where he desperately needs a result next season, a bounce back result, because we've got a lot that needs to be financed. Um, you know, with the new stadium and, and everything is if we're not getting that big like champions league level money, it's going to hurt us much more. Um, I think he knows that. I think Enoch knows that. And I think, you know, this is, this is where I feel we need to absolutely put together a overhaul, not just of manager players, but of the internal staff working behind the scenes too. We need somebody who can identify better candidates. We need somebody who's got that long-term plan. Um, you know, if, if there's anything for me that would absolutely make or break this summer, it's whether or not Steve Hitchin stays in charge of that, uh, you know, recruiting scouting type position because he's garbage at his job. I mean, just to be frank about it, he's not great. We need somebody like, you know, like a Campos or, or, even a Rangik, even though, you know, some of his uh, recent comments um, leave a lot to be desired from an ethic, moral type perspective. Um, but we do need somebody who's got that, that eye for talent, that eye for, for good players who can come in and do something. Because um, I'm kind of sick of spending, you know, millions and millions of dollars on mediocre players that have maybe half a good season and then we need them gone because they're not contributing anything. Yeah, Mike, how about you? What do, what do you think in terms of ownership, in terms of uh, moves with with management, senior management, uh, field-level management? What do you think? I, 
I 100% agree with Steve there. Uh, uh, we need a, an overhaul. I don't think Levy needs to go. I think Levy's a fantastic business mind. I mean, um, <clears throat> I think I had mentioned that. He brought in, he built the stadium. He brought in Pochettino. He um, he got the NFL to sign on. He's got he's got contracts for concerts. Um, he's got Ticketmaster involved. Like he's great for the business. So yeah, I mean, you can't let get you know. We say Levy out, Levy out. I would just Levy out of the football decisions. <laughs> you know um, what? What I'd really you know like to see is a, a complete overhaul and like. Harry Kane wants to go, let him go. But we, you know, you got to have somebody who's going to oversee that overhaul. And it has to be, um, I, I think a money ball type situation where you're going out and you're, and you're using advanced scouting and advanced statistics to, to find yourself players that are going to perform on the pitch. Um, it, you see, you saw it, you see it happen in all of these other sports now is like, um, some of these lower level teams are starting to perform. You know, typically lower level teams are starting to perform because they're using their money right and they're using statistics right. Who plays with who well? Who who bats where in the batting order? You know that kind of a thing. And um, you know who hits well in certain position in certain situations. Who plays well in certain situations? These these guys who are typically role players come in and, and become starters or they're good clubhouse guys. You need guys like that. So I would love to see an overhaul and just see a whole new team of guys who are like, who I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? What are they doing on the field? And then see them win some trophies. Cause that would be phenomenal. Um, and I see it with my Red Sox every five years, you know, <laughs> it's a complete overhaul of the team. Mike, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was just watching the uh, championship playoffs yesterday. Bradford's got that exact model, that Moneyball model. You know, they they <clears throat> don't have to budget. They keep identifying these awesome strikers. You know, uh, Ollie Watkins, wasn't he Brentford last yes, he year? Was. He you was. know, Tooney, it looks like he's somebody who's, you know, poised to go to, to a champion, uh, to a, excuse me, a Premier League team, whether or not they, you know, win in the final they i i really hope they do um you know win win the promotion i think they deserve it cuz that's a team who's doing exactly what you're saying you know they're identifying talent if we could apply something similar to that um with a club like spurs who maybe has a little more financial backing behind them you know we could probably get just like the next level up in terms of you know hidden gems um, and, and make it work to our advantage. But, you know, to your point, we need somebody who's good at identifying it. And it's not Steve Hitchin. You know, and I, I want to, I appreciate you bringing up Brentford, Steve. You, you guys may recall when this is before we even knew that Jose was going to be fired, but we had an early conversation about who's the next coach of Spurs going to be. And we talked a little bit about Tomas Frank, who's the, the coach for Brentford and has been a part of that whole system. And I'm not saying he's the guy that would make that all work for Spurs, but I do want to, I do want to make the comment that I don't buy the whole narrative um, about how unattractive Spurs is as a destination for either managers or for elite players. You know, I, I kind of look at Spurs as a, um, a, 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 
beautiful operation that it's pretty beaten up, right? And there's good bones in the organization. There's good potential. You're you're a top six side in the Premier League. Um, anyone from any other league across the world would at least look at that in terms of potential. And you know, if I'm a if I'm a manager in another league, if I'm a, a player looking to make a move, and I want I want to make a name for myself and I want to create a legend for myself. I look at Spurs as a place where I could potentially go to do that. Right. Like how do you get into something when it's, when it's broken down and, and help to, to build it back up to a, an exciting and sustainable level. Now the dilemma of, of what the relationship with ownership looks like and, and how much they, you know, put their hands into things that they maybe shouldn't is a problem that a, that a manager has got to think about, but I don't think that Spurs are as unappealing as, as the narrative. Um, how do you say no? How do you say no to London though? You know, I mean, right. if, if the other London teams aren't coming to call and, you know, I, I don't think anybody's picking West Ham over over Spurs, but exactly. If, exactly. if they're not coming to call you, I mean, go to the Mets. <laughs> yeah. Fair point. Right. We've got, you know, best stadium, best training grounds. I mean, it's it's like you, you're at a junkyard, right? And you find like a nice 1960s Corvette. You know, it's just sitting there. You're going to pass up on it just because it's a little, you know, beaten up and yeah. I'll see you know you bring that you fix it up and you've got a classic car right it's right the same she, she might need a little work she needs a little attention but there, there's a beautiful car underneath right exactly exactly so i i don't know the, the, that's my nikki wings optimism for the day is is i don't think that the uh the prospects are as bad as we think but i'm curious steve and i were talking before before we came on you know like who is the next manager going to be and when's that going to happen you know there, there was always yeah something will be announced after the end of the season, well, here we are. It's the end of the season. And uh, I'm really curious who, and I'm really curious when, and what that's, what that's all going to look like. Let's talk, uh, let's talk about players. Let's talk about in and out. Um, a couple months ago, we talked about our must keep list that we had. And we seemed like we had a list of maybe eight or nine guys that we said, you know, this is who absolutely has to stay. And we need to build around. My list has shrunk considerably from, from that time because a lot of different things have happened in the course of uh, since we last talked about that. Steve, I'd be curious from you, if you were to create your absolute Steve must keep list, who's, who's on that list for you? Right now, I would say that list boils down to Hoybjerg. I think he is somebody who, you know, at times he looked a little tired, but he played every single minute in the league. So uh, you know, he's, he's, when he's on his game, he's incredible in his position. Um, Reggion, I absolutely love, uh, he needs to improve his defending a lot, but, um, you know, he's always working at it. He's always hustling. He's always pushing. Um, and that's the kind of work rate that you don't see from like 90% of the team these days. So I, I would keep Reggion. Um, Joe Roden, I think has gotten the short end of the stick, you know, for long stretches of the season. I mean, Sanchez has been garbage. Dyer's been garbage. It should be road and playing. Um, why he hasn't been given that chance just baffles me. Uh, Cause when he does get it, you know, yeah, he's made a couple of mistakes throughout the season, but he bounces back from it. Um, so he'd be the third guy that I would keep. And honestly, I mean, outside of that uh, Tanganga for sure, uh, I'm going to count him because he has been with the first team, you know, more, I, I'm not including youth players who, you yeah, know, yeah. I, let's stay first team level. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. But Tangang I feel is, is worthy of a, you know, shout out there. He's definitely a keep for me. And 
I mean, that's pretty much it. Like I would be okay with moving on just about everybody else at this point for various reasons. Um, you know, not saying that everybody needs to go or, you know, I want everybody else gone, but like if, if an offer came in for, for Deli Alley, I wouldn't be too upset by that. Right. Yeah. He's, he was, he's been really good these last couple of weeks, but you know, we also have seen how he can just disappear. So if a new manager comes in and says, he's not going to fit into my, my plans, sure. Whatever. Um, you know, Cade, I think if we're going to get the big money or, um, you know, decent money and some, some player swaps involved, I wouldn't be upset at this point. Son, same thing. You know, there was a time where I couldn't imagine him going, but he faded a lot this season. And, you know, I, I think that, I wouldn't be terribly upset if we cashed in while we could. Uh, and, and this might be blasphemous for people too, but honestly, like it's, it's just hard for me to, to say we need to keep these players if they're not going to perform at the highest level when we need them to. And, you know, from what we've seen, we've hit so many finals and semifinals over the last five or six years, and they just don't step up for it. So you know, I, I would love them to stay. Honestly, you know, yeah, I would be ecstatic if we still kept Harry Kane and Son next season for sure. But I also wouldn't be upset if they if they left. Uh, whereas the other four that I mentioned, I would genuinely be pissed off if they left because that that's a solid young team that we could easily build around. Yeah, Steve, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on yours before I come to you, Mike, and that's because mine is remarkably similar to yours. Here's, here's my logic. You know, I think the guys that we need to look at keeping are those guys that are 23, 24, 25 years old, you know, even, even you start talking about the, the sunnies and the canes. And I, I do think um, we should, we should cash out on those assets personally at this point in time. But I also think about age, you know, um, those guys are approaching 30 much more so than, than the guys that are only 25 are. And so, um, I think Tanganga um, is someone you need to keep around. He's versatile. He's he's a hard worker. He's got he's got some bad luck with injuries, and I, I really hope that you know that little streak can can disappear. Roden, um, I've always thought highly of since we picked him up. I've been disappointed all along that he hasn't gotten the playing time, and I at least think I'd like to see him get a chance. Hoybier and and Reggie, uh, same thing. You know, with Hoybier, I think we learned a lesson this year of massive overuse you, like you got to balance him out so when you look at somebody like skip joining the club next year you know definitely going to be a, a a better tandem or at least you know a, a like for like swap if, if they ever need to and and regular region uh yeah love the work rate love the hustle and um want to see the defense improve but i also think regular was broken by Mourinho. you know he he came in probably one of the better left backs in the world and uh, is definitely not functioning at that that caliber right now. And then my comments on Delhi are, I, I'd like to see him stick around because I still see him as a project. He still feels to me like a guy who's still very young, has a ton of top flight experience and with the right manager that can get in his head the right way. You know, I think there's a ton of upside, but to your point, Steve, if, if the price is right, you know, someone comes in with 50 million for him. Adios Delhi. You know, there, there's, there's somewhere else that uh, um, we can, we can backfill from, from somewhere. So, Mike, I want to go into you. What are what are your thoughts on uh, guys that are just must keep? Who do we need to have? Um, you know, I I, I love both of your lists. Um, I think that Son is probably at the peak of his value right now as far as selling him, um, because 
in past years, we couldn't even have imagined him being sold. Um, Harry Kane, obviously, uh, if he goes, he goes. He's going to bring us a lot of money to do some of the things that the new manager wants to do. <clears throat> I don't think you, I don't think you get rid of Delhi um, unless some absurd offer comes. Because I think Delhi's the the type of guy who's going to thrive being being the Tottenham man, you know, um, being the cornerstone and being the cornerstone of an organization. I think that's what he needs, what he wants, because he's got a big ego. And some of these guys, in order for them to perform, you have to feed their egos. Um, I like Reggie. Reggie's got to stick around. I don't, I don't think Madrid wants him back at this point because of the just crazy downfall he had at the end of the season. Um, I think they were thinking about it mid-season probably, maybe into February. Um, but obviously, uh, I think Dyer's got to go. I think that Davinson Sanchez gets some money for this guy. I mean, he can't even be a backup. Um, I think Doherty stays, obviously, especially if it ends up being Nuno being the guy. Um, so, you know, things are going to change. Things have to change. I say keep Bale, too, you know, because even if you go out and spend money and get a guy who plays Bale's position, then you have Bale on the bench to come off the bench and do what he did today. The guy scores goals when he's playing, man. I mean, he just does, and it's really weird. Um, that we think we kind of, he's really an afterthought sometimes, but the guy, the guy scores goals. Uh, you keep Lucas cause he's cheap. Lamella, you got to sell him. Um, you, you know, Nicky Winks or Nicky Winks, Harry Winks. You got it. <laughs> Harry Winks brother. It's, it's kind of like the deli, the deli's brother uh, theory. Right. Um, but Harry Winks, I think you got to keep him. Harry Winks is going to be that guy who's going to, who's going to play in the, uh, you know, in the traveling, the traveling circus through Europe. I mean, he's going to be the, he's going to be the guy um, centering that midfield because I, I'm guaranteeing you that Hoiberg's not going to be playing as much next year in those games. So, I mean, we, we can't have teams that rely on playing, on playing our starters in those midweek games that when you're playing in, you know, play-ins or, or in, in, in the pool competition to, to, you know, to, make to the knockout rounds. So, you know, we got to be able to develop our youngsters. We're going to, we're going to probably get Skippy back and keep him, you know, Jack white or Jack, Jack white. Um, Jack, is it Jack Clark? Clark. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Clark. Yep. He's a work in progress, right? I mean, he's the guy, he was the big kid they signed two years ago and they're super excited about him, but he kind of disappeared. It's Harvey white that I was thinking of. Um, so I mean, just a lot of these young kids, you gotta, you really gotta uh, develop them too. Dane Scarlett looks like he's gonna be probably a superstar if he, if you keep on him and keep with him. You gotta, you, they gotta give him shots too. So a lot of these youngsters are gonna get to play in the in the traveling circus. So you, you know, you never know, but what's gonna happen with these other players when you let them go? And that's the thing. Do you want to sell to a direct competitor like Chelsea? You know, you got to be able to get some value in return. But, I, you know, it, I, I'm a happy guy today. I, I, I could really care less. We finished above Arsenal. So, <laughs> well, yeah, that was the next question I wanted to ask, Mike. So let me ask it this way. Um, 
as we go into the off season, are, are you full of optimism? Are you full of pessimism? Are you full of <clears throat> skepticism? Where, uh, where are you in terms of where you see the club right now? I'm totally not pessimistic. I'm always excited for the next season to start and to see what happens in the off season. You know, um, I'm going to have a period of like probably four weeks where I don't want to think about it three, four weeks, but I, I think I'm going to be uh, disappointed because I think information is going to start coming really fast and furious at us um, with all this, uh, with all the manager talk and the selling of the players talk. So th- that's fine. You know, it's, it's in the middle of hockey playoffs. I don't want to talk about football, you know, in the middle of the baseball season, I don't want to talk about football. So I kind of, it, and then football throws the draft at us, you know? So with soccer, I, I don't really have that. We don't have that draft. We don't have, we have our transfer market and we have the search for a new manager and to see what's going to happen with the evolution of, of um, this new tournament and, and how possibly the premier league punishes uh, the six for next season, because that's still kind of up in the air, right? Right. Are they, right, right. they going to dock points to start the season? You might find one of those. Te- you might find one of those teams ending up in the bottom, like ha- like what happened to Sheffield Wednesday. You know, <laughs> never being able to crawl out. It will be very interesting, Steve. How about you? Optimism, pessimism, skepticism. What are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty skeptical going into the season. You know, I keep hitting refresh on the old Google to see if there's any manager news. You know, the season's been over for what, like an hour and a half. Yeah. It's like all right, refresh on the old Google, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, because because I mean, our entire season boils down to who do we get as manager? Are we going to get a director of football in that? You know, that's a question mark that keeps coming up. Um, what players are we going to get? Who's going to go? Um, and I maintain that depending on the answer to those questions, we could either be looking at a good season where we could expect to fight for a top four place again or we could have a season where we're kind of laughed at and sit in the relegation zone. And then whoever we hire gets sacked. Um, and for that to happen, I'm fully expecting a scenario where we hire on like a Roberto Martinez and his dream signing is bringing back Fellaini from Chelsea or not Chelsea from China. Um, I'm just so frazzled with that as a potential outcome to this off season. Um, you know, and, and honestly, you know, we had a great manager in Pochettino and we went too long without backing him financially in, in the transfer market because of the stadium or whatever excuse that, you know, Levy wants to use there. Now we don't have a manager. We still have transfer, you know, issues because of the, the mountain of debt that we have. And we've got, you know, our, arguably our best player to have played for this team in decades is probably going to be sold to finance a lot of the changes that we need. It's hard to feel right now, anything other than, you know, this negativity, like they're going to botch it. They're going to completely and utterly do what they did. You know, when we sold bail, we're going to get, you know, six or seven players in one of them is going to be good. The others are going to be absolute garbage for us. Um, And it's, it's, it's a challenge. I'm feeling skeptical that they can pull off the kind of, 
you know, upheaval that we need to be competitive again. I'm honestly going into this off season right now, expecting us to be another mid table team next year, unless they do the exact right moves that, that they really need to do. And I just don't know if, if from a financial perspective, we can pull it off. Yeah. I think my answer to the question is I'm somewhere between optimism and skepticism. Um, as I think about where we finish in the table next year, yeah, it's hard to catch the cities, the Uniteds, and and the Liverpools, right? So to me, our competition is is not with with that group of teams; it's with kind of that next that next tier of better teams. So you know, to me, it's still about chasing a fourth spot in the Champions League running, or do you end up in in Europa? And I'm optimistic because I I want to believe that the the ESL failure. Uh, the drama that went around that, the Mourinho failure, the the botched management of, of Pochettino's later years. Like, I want to believe that that has all finally gotten the owner's attention and caused them to realize that things need to be potentially done differently. I'm skeptical because I don't know if they have that capacity, right? I don't know if they have that in them. I don't know if Levy can take his hands off of the off of the strings that, that he's used to pulling and controlling. So um, we're going to just have to see how things play out. You know, my, my hope is that in the next few days we find out something about about management and we find out something about, you know, management structure and that that maybe builds some momentum that feels positive. Because I think if you do start to build that positive momentum, things can can build over time. And, you know, Mike talked earlier about how the summer just kind of rolls along. You know, I could see real excitement um, with a, a sound manager hire, uh, a wise reorganization of football operations. And then going into the transfer window with that kind of momentum, that could be cool and that could be exciting. And I could see August and September feeling really good. But so yep. that's why I'm kind of torn in between uh, those two. Steve, you're spot on with, you know, that, that comment you made about the next couple of days, because that's absolutely when this needs to happen. If we wait on announcing a manager any longer than that, then suddenly my skepticism turns into just complete cynicism and, and pessimism because, you know, <sighs> I thought I thought they came out and said before the end of the season we want to announce our manager. That didn't happen. So now it's okay. Well, you better do it before the Euros because if you wait until afterwards, I think the season's gone at that point. You know, you can't bring somebody in um, after a European competition when you've got to imagine those guys, those players are going to be just out on their vacations, and you give them what two, three weeks. To, to fully gel back together under a new manager with new direction. Hell no. Like that's terrible. That's, that's a risk. That's a disastrous recipe right there. So we desperately need news like this upcoming week or else like it's, it's kind of that critical in my opinion that we hear something. Didn't, didn't they think they had their manager though? I mean, that was the reason I think that was the reason that they said they wanted to announce the manager because they thought they had Nagelsmann, right? Come on. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to be that cynical about it. Like <clears throat> when you know that you, you make a stupid announcement like that and then you don't, and you don't actually have the guy tied up. I'm sure they thought they had him. They didn't get him. So now we sit here and wait because we keep losing out on guy after guy after guy. Now there's no, there's no more Nuno. So, you know, that's, that's the sexy, uh, that's the sexy pick. Now that's the sexy pick for the, for the writers to say, Hey, whoa, Nuno's out. He's going to Tottenham, you know, and I, I, come on, dude. Like 
you know, you know, they're thinking big and they're not going to announce it until they're ready. Even though they told us that five weeks ago, they wanted to yep. get it over with. I mean, we can, we can talk about, you know, bitch about Spurs all we want, but they're going to do things their way. And we can talk about what we want. They're never going to do what we want. <laughs> That's you know right there. Are you <laughs> suggesting our opinions are irrelevant to the club, Mike? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, you know, I mean, it, Maybe, you know, maybe someday our, our scores of listeners are going to get to that board and say, hey, you sons of bitches, this is the way it is. And because Wicked Spursy says so. I'll you know, have I'm hoping- you know that I correctly predicted the Bergwine for Bale sub. You did. At least you did. 20 minutes before it happened. So. In fact, your prediction was Bergwine looks like he's putting a lot into today. He'll get subbed off for Bale in 20 minutes. And that was 20 minutes prior to that occurring. You, you did nail that. Yeah. So people so, are listening. Uh, Maybe you should be on the board, Steve. Hell, I, I'm just saying I would manage the team. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I guarantee if I was manager, you wouldn't see the Sissoko Wings pivot. You wouldn't see a tire that. You know, so at, at least the personnel would be right. The tactics would be all over the place, and I doubt they would respect me enough to listen, but at see, least they get the, the right people in there. There's the reorganization, right? Like you need to hire a Steve. He's your he's your substitution guy. You know, just Steve, you're in charge of, of handling the subs. It'd be perfect. We we trust you entirely. Well, and hey, what, I, I would I, trust Steve. I would trust Steve more than a guy who says such and such a guy needs more guidance. You know, oh yeah, he's still a good player. There's still a good player in there. He's young. He just needs guidance. Well, he's been there for six years. So I'm talking about Davinson Sanchez. <laughs> I'm pulling no punches today. I want Davidson Sanchez gone. I feel you know, early. You, you referred to him as you referred to him as Dave earlier, and I, I just wanted to say I'm not okay with that anymore. I don't want my, <laughs> I don't want my name used that I, way. That's what I for some reason I do that. It's like it's Dave, it's Reggie. You know, I can't say it's P- Pierre, but Pete. I could should call him Pete. <laughs> I'll like Pete. Yeah, that I go Pete really Hoyberg. <laughs> I think he played for the Bulls in like Iowa State back in the day, didn't he? Oh no, that was Fred. <laughs> that was Fred Hoiberg. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, so, uh, hey, looking ahead, our next time we next time we get together is going to be kind of an end of season uh, recap and and talking about how we're feeling. Definitely moving forward. I'm really hoping that we will have um, seen some moves made in the front office and on the on the management side. That would be really really cool. Like I mentioned earlier, we have a um, strong likelihood of a really cool guest who's going to be joining us. And we're excited about that coming together. Mike, I wanted to give you a chance before we split up for today to uh, talk about our friends at Goodwater and got anything new to share. Um, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, once again, go down and visit Goodwater. Uh, they got a good spot down there. Their, their outdoor seating area is open. The weather is nice. Um, you know, partake in some of those great beers. I think they're going to start doing flights again soon. Um, but for now, they're still doing their uh, doing their um, plastic cups just because of just because of the COVID. And they can't just keep washing glasses and stuff over and over again without them being fully sterilized. So, but they're going to be going. They're going to be going flights again soon. Um, still, you got your ten dollar four packs at the at the at the uh, brewery, the food is amazing. Uh, weekly food specials and weekly beer specials, and uh, 
you know, every once in a while you might pop in and find out that they've done a small batch uh, release of a, of a new beer. So there's always that chance of being surprised when you go there. So I, I love the place. Uh, I love the atmosphere. I love the people there. Um, you know, there's, there's, it's not like your typical bar, you know, that you, that you would go in there and see your regulars sitting that there that they've been, you know, there since noon. Um, but there's always a smiling face behind the bar and Aaron um, and Marty's always there milling around talking to people. So um, get down there, have a great time, have some good beers and enjoy the cheese sauce. Oh yeah. Eat it you as know, a Mike, soup if you want. Mike, I'm thinking one of our objectives as a podcast should be to eventually see a beer brewed that is uh, Wicked Spursy affiliated or, or Wicked Spursy in uh, in focus, right? So once we can yeah. start getting people there and then start building up some uh, some reputation that's positive, hopefully, um, would that, that would be an objective. Like? What would it taste like? What would a Wicked Spursy beer taste like? It would probably taste like lots of, yeah, full of disappointment. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Tears of tears of uh, oh, so a light close. beer. <laughs> it would be a light beer. <laughs> Yeah, filled with disappointment, embarrassment, and just overall sadness, you know. But but <laughs> otherwise, otherwise probably. I would be tasty. like to think I like to think we would be one of those beers that like you know people secretly like, but they hide it in the back of their fridge so that nobody yeah. knows that they're into it. <laughs> That's a good goal, actually. I think we could we could work on that. I have a whole fridge full of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're called Bush, correct? Bush Light. No, man. Bush Light is delicious. It's the second best beer other than the Goodwater beers. Can, can Goodwater do like a, a Miller High Life type thing for us? You know, the champagne of their beer. I'm, I'm sure they I'm sure they could do a light version of the Stange. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can get much lighter, but. <laughs> All right, guys, on that note. To stock up on because they can't move it any, anywhere else. Exactly right. Get it while you can. <laughs> yeah, I think on that note, it's time for us to time for us to wrap it up for today. It's good, uh, always good to get together and talk. Had a good result today to discuss. I'm looking forward to hopefully some positive news this week. And like I said, next time we get together, we'll be doing a, a recap on the season and looking forward to that as well. So in the meantime, um, as Mike would say, get your vaccinations if you've not already. We're approaching uh, approaching what feels like the finish line of this thing. Um, Steve, you made it through your second round. You're you're upright and, and feeling good, right? Yeah, one more week and I'm in the clear. All right, party on, Wayne. Very nice. And uh, as always, come on, you Spurs. And gentlemen, I appreciate you. Thanks for getting together. All right, be safe.